Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. My name is Gwen Reyes. And I'm Danielle Jackson-Dresser. This is a podcast where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and listening to. This week, we have a very special guest that all of you know, the fabulous Danielle Jackson, is going to join me today to discuss her brand new debut novel, The Accidental Pinnacle. We also go over our goals from last episode, set new ones, and share what's been bringing us comfort lately. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Yay! Oh, Danielle, <laughs> it's so good to see you. We I were saying hello. Before we got started, that it's been a month since we've talked to each other. Yeah, that's a long time because mm-hmm. uh, we talk like every week. <laughs> yeah, we do. And it's like, oh, but you know, you've been very busy. Summer has been taking a hold of, you know, everybody, especially yeah. you're about to get ready to go on a trip. The sun is finally out in Seattle. So we've been going yeah. out, which has been really nice. Uh, we leave <clears throat> at the time of recording, we leave the next day. We leave on Monday and it's just, it's one of those things where we just like, it came out of nowhere. We we've known about this trip. We are going to attempt to stay alive in Florida. Um, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Right. Um, no, it's going to be great. We're going to Disney world just for one day and then we're going, and then the rest of the week we are having a family reunion with my mom's side of the family, which is a lot of fun. I mean, I think it would be no surprise to anyone that I'm, I was on the planning committee for this family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's exciting. But then also I'm trying to like not completely go off the deep end for this book comes mm-hmm. out. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. I mean, if you follow me on social, I, you can see I've got a lot of events, virtual and in person lined up. I've been, you know, writing guest articles and doing blog interviews and things like that and podcasts and other podcasts and stuff. So, so yeah, it's been really, really busy. And then on top of all of that, I still work at Anderson's. So we've been doing some really cool events. And I want to talk about two events that I did because they both yeah. like something fun happened the same thing, fun thing happened at both of them with, Ooh. we did an Ellen Hildebrand event. I'm trying to think, I think that was like the end of May, like in the mid, in mid-May. And then a couple of weeks ago, we did an event with Victoria Aveyard and both of them found out like right before they got to the store or one of them was in store. One of them was offsite. They both found out that they were number one on the New York times bestseller list. And that's we were awesome. like, Ooh, there's like, that's like a cool thing. I mean, really it was just the timing. It was like, they were mm-hmm. both on a Thursday. That's kind of when, you know, like everything was tallied. And then on Thursday, they let like the authors know and everything. So, um, but yeah, so that was really cool, but they were really fun events and, and, and yeah, so it's been exciting, you know, summer, it can go either way. It can either like slow down for events or it can kind of be really busy and yeah, like both have happened, like it has slowed down, but we've had like these kind of these bigger author events over the summer, which has been really cool. So yeah, definitely keeping very busy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love seeing your, you've been everywhere, which has been so cool. I love seeing like just the Danielle Jackson treatment has been super, super cool. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a lot, but it's been really fun. It's been really, yeah. really, really cool. Um, and now I think I've said this before, but now I like know why my, sometimes when I was back, when I was a publicist, like why my authors were so grumpy, I just gave them a lot of things to do. <laughs> and now I'm winning. Uh, and now it's, you know, but it made it so that when you had to do all the stuff, you're like, I could do it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We got it. <laughs> so what have you been up to, Gwen? I know I was like, mine's like a little bit chiller than that. Um, so I've just been watching a lot of TV. 
Uh, which has been really, really nice. Um, Cliff was gone for most of June. He went to Vegas, so I got, sorry. I also just got a new puppy, which you can hear yeah. in the background a little bit as she is having a, a little snack. But Cliff was gone for a few weeks during June, so I was just like kind of catching up on like every television show possible because a lot yeah. of things came out. Um, so it's basically just, I've just been sitting on the couch enjoying tv got a new puppy who has been taking up a lot of energy and excitement and entertaining us to no end yeah. and um planning a trip to new york that's kind of coming up in september so you'll hear a lot more about that as we get closer to it yeah I, I was telling you earlier, the only acceptable interruptions are puppy interruptions so we are just we're going with it well, anyway, so um, I think we should jump into what we've achieved this week. Uh, I've achieved getting a puppy and enjoying it very, very much. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, um, I was telling you before we started recording, but I'm just going to keep it keep keep this here. Um, I actually have been like making updates to my website. Mm -hmm. it's like it's so funny because it's like when you do put together a website you know I just use Squarespace and it's great and you're like oh this is just so easy this is gonna be so easy to upkeep and then it'll be like oh I haven't looked at my website uh -huh. in two months um so yeah like I added stuff like oh like I was like oh here's what we've been doing on the podcast here's the media for my book so far mm -hmm. are like better links because like there were a couple of links like to buy the book that hadn't been updated I was like oh my gosh like author 101 keep your at least the buy links updated Danielle but anyway <laughs> my website daniellejacksonbooks.com is updated everyone go look at it we wanted to do a host check-in because we did take a bit of a break we recorded Donna Herrera in May the the book club in May but it went up in June but I mean but for the rest of the month we really didn't do anything and we just we both just like needed it we both needed mm -hmm. it but I thought let's take to heart like what we say every intro about what we're we talk about what we're reading watching and listening to what are we watching there's one show we both have watched that we're both obsessed with that I think yes. we should kick off with let's just jump into the bear and it's the bear. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> like, what else <laughs> well, and I think it was, I loved watching it because as we all know, Danielle is from Chicagoland. And so like having a show where a big chunk of it is like about Chicago and the Chicago restaurant scene and the Chicago feel like, I'm just so interested for you as a native, like to hear your perspective on like that and that's actually uh, when we get into your interview that's actually a question i have for you for the book as well um but uh yeah like i freaking love that show so much I, so yeah cool. specifically the chicago at all first of all that restaurant the one that it's based off and the one they filmed mm -hmm. it is literally in the neighborhood that my book is set awesome um, it's in it's on like kind of a different side of river north but it's there which i was like this is amazing uh -huh. but the thing that they got right so well is like the and it's very specific it's like the specific italian chicago accent which uh -huh. is it's not like the bears from snl it's different mm -hmm. it's it's like, and they nailed it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, like we know people like my dad has friends who sound exactly like that. And that, That's it, so cool. that was just great. But yeah, I mean, it was just, it was one of those shows too, where if you think about it, like the main character, like he doesn't even talk that much. No. Mm -mm. Like everyone else. Everyone talks talking. around him. Yeah. Yes. And it was just, I don't know. It was so magnetic. It was so like interesting 
there's the the one episode toward I think it's episode seven right where it's like one take and mm-hmm. it's like, oh that was amazing one take I was like I I want like a behind the scenes of just making that episode because it was just it was so cool yeah everyone I talked to I've been telling I'm like you have to watch a show like you yeah. don't have an excuse also you don't have an excuse it's so short I literally watched it in like a night yeah, yeah exactly it's an easy one evening binge because it's like the episodes are 30 minutes. I'm using air quotes on that. They're like 24 minutes long. They're super short. And it's like an anxiety attack every single episode. So it's like fast, 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 fast. Yeah. It's so cool. And like, yeah, like I said on Twitter just last night, I was like, nobody around me except for me being like, you know, corner behind. (laughs) I've, I've now taken to calling everybody instead of chef. I go, Hey Jeff. Yeah. Right. Also. Hey Jeff. Yeah. Okay. Jeff. It's so good. I, and I would say even like the side characters are so like, it's clearly like his show. The ensemble. Yeah. But it's, it's such a good ensemble and every person is so unique and they, and you get to know each of them mm-hmm. even without it being like a focused episode on those characters, but you get to know and you, and you immediately know that there's more to all of them yeah. than what first appears. It's, it's presented. Yeah. yeah, that's on it's, FX on Hulu, and yes, and it's all up. So everyone, it's all up. You can watch the whole thing. You can watch yeah. it multiple times. I'm ready to rewatch it now. Okay. I'm ready to watch it again. I think I want to watch it again with subtitles on, so I can like yes, just get a new perspective, basically. Yeah. Um, and if you're into like really good soundtracks and um, yeah. like it's got so they've really spent a lot of money on their music rights because oh, yeah. they have like Pearl Jam in the first episode. They've had Counting Crows. They yeah. had like, I think Bruce Springsteen was in there at yeah. some point. Like, yeah, it's been pretty cool. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, so good. And it's funny because like the one of the pictures that has been circulating around has been of the main characters uh, who was very handsome. Like they very much like make him dress him up in like a sleaze bag sexiness. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's not a romance, but there's like so many little romantic nuggets in there that I'm like, there's... Uh. I'm like super excited to see in a few seasons, if they get more seasons, like what they can do with some of those characters, even if it's not romantic, but just sort of the, the, um, the character development of them. Well, and they just, they immediately, everyone there immediately has a bond because they all have the same goal, which is to make good food Mm -hmm. and like not let this place close because it's basically on the cusp of closing. Like they are literally day to day makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, I, I agree. Like it, it's, it's not like romance, but it, there is something romantic about the yeah. way they end up like working, they all work together, you know, yeah. and, and it's like really nice. And, and yeah, I agree, but it's, I mean, it's very gritty. It's um, very gritty. It's very stressful. <laughs> like it, you, it's like, you can like smell, like, you know, you, you could yes. smell the Italian beef. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I've been craving Italian beef for two weeks now and I cannot find it anywhere. Oh no. Oh, that's, they don't that's have that in crazy. Seattle. It's very upsetting. So I can like go to multiple restaurants. I've like just thought of like four places I can get. Yeah. It. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, cool. All right. What else have you been watching? So in addition to The Bear, I also watched Loot, which is on mm-hmm. Apple Plus, stars Maya Rudolph. I've now watched this one twice, but she plays like a Mackenzie Scott Bezos sort of character, widow, not widow, she's not widow, um, ex-wife, divorcee, who's 
billionaire husband surprises her on her birthday with the fact that he's been having an affair and she gets $87 billion and decides to do good with her life. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool because I, especially it, being at Apple TV, it's an easy comparison, but I felt like it's in the same, it's cut from the same cloth as like Ted Lasso or Schitt's Creek where everybody's kind of shitty in it, but yeah. then as the episodes go by, you start to really see the goodness in them. You see their heart. Uh, and, and it's really like, she's just, Maya's just so great. She's in every single scene and she just takes over everything. But then it also has Joe Kim, Joel Kim Booster in it. Who's been making a huge name for him this the summer yeah. guy being in Fire Island. I actually watched Fire Island and Loot in the same weekend and was like, oh, oh it's yeah, very confusing, but great. Um, but it is it's just really, it's beautiful. It's, it's very like shiny in the same way that the morning show is. It's got that Apple TV sort of just beautiful look to it. And it is travel escapism because you get to go to these like exotic, beautiful locales with her. You're on these like hundred foot yachts. Like it's, it's just, it's gorgeous. It's a really beautiful show. And it's real, again, just like the bear easy to get done in one day. Oh my gosh. That is what I'm doing. I've been like, what am I going to watch on the plane? That's what I'm watching on the plane. It's so good. And it's yeah. very safe for the plane. There's like nothing scandalous or anything. Oh, good. Even better. Yeah. And when you get to the hot ones episode, oh. I'm so excited. Perfect. Perfection. So excited. Um, and then, so yeah, I saw fire or fire Island, watched that a couple of times, which I love. That's an, um, a modern day adaptation of pride and prejudice with uh, gay characters, which I thought was so cute. Have you have a chance to see that yet? No. And that, that's also, I think that was on my list, but I really want to watch loot, but I think maybe on the way back, I'm going to watch fire Island because yeah. uh, that looks, it looks so great. You, the first, like, even before the movie starts, there's like cute little things that they do that is just like, Mm-hmm. gets you hooked right into the movie right away yeah um and then yesterday I finally caught up on this past season of Barry on HBO um this was a really rough season because finally all the stuff that's been Barry being an assassin hired hitman who's also been trying to sort of put that aside and start an acting career yeah. um he hasn't really dealt with those demons in his in his head and his heart and so a lot of that anxiety and depression and this was a a real this was like a mental breakdown season so it was rough to watch in that sense but also important because he is dealing with a lot of feelings and ptsd and you know also being a murderer so gotta (laughs) kind of get past those things that show, I, I watched, we watched the first season and I think mm-hmm. my husband has watched the second season. I that, like, it just wasn't for me, but then I hear so many like interesting things about it that I'm like, maybe I need to give it another try. It's a very interesting show, but it is like, no one in it is good. Like there's right. re, like, no, I can't root for a single person in that. And even in this season where like some of the really bad characters, bad things happen to them and you almost felt sympathetic. I was still like, no, you're all just terrible. Like I'm sorry. You made bad choices. And this is what happens when you make yeah. bad choices. But yeah, I'm going to yeah. watch it. Uh, this, okay. So you watched Fire Island. Did you see any other movies or just TV? Oh, I also watched The Northman, um, oh. with, which I thought was very fun. It's like 300 meets uh, Vikings. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that one's on Peacock. Uh, we watched that. And then I watched The Lost Island again. Oh, fun. Yeah, it was a, yeah. Velocity, velocity, velocity. Yes, velocity. Yeah. So fun. Okay, yeah. great. Okay. So what about addition, you? Yeah. In addition to the bear, I watched. Like, I feel like I, I waited months after it was like really cool, but I finally watched Heartstopper on Netflix. 
It's so sweet. It's based off of graphic novels and webtoon by Alice Oseman. And it's just, it's about two British kids, like trying to figure out like their sexuality. One of them is out, one of them is gay. And the other one for the first time in his life is like, oh, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not straight. And, you know, and he figures that out and it's it's just it's so cute it is like the perfect like I was like Ivy could probably watch this and like love it too you know even though she's eight or whatever almost eight um and then yeah I just I really loved it It, it's so true it's like really true to the source material in a way that was just really I I don't know it's like it's not like verbatim exactly the Mm -hmm. same really like liked how they adapted some of this stuff um and then Olivia Coleman plays one of the moms and she's literally on screen for like probably total three minutes but it's oh, like wow. on screen you know she's there like throughout the whole season and it's just like the little bit that she does do is just really really special um speaking of, of Ivy we have been watching Ms. Marvel every week oh cool so it's mm-hmm. really good um and it has like led to discussions of like explaining like different religions to her in a way where like it kind of makes sense to her, I think. Um, but, you know, of course, cool. Ms. Marvel is, you know, it's in the MCU and she is like a teenage superhero and 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 she she loves she loves Captain Marvel, which is why her name is Ms. Marvel. You know, I think on this show, it's like one of those things where it's like, do they ever call her Ms. Marvel? And I don't think they have yet. Yeah. So um. Yeah. So that's been fun. I finally have been talking about this. I feel like forever finally finished queen sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Cause at some point this year, then the last season's supposed to start. Uh, but yeah, Eventually. It, you know, it's like, if you want a melodramatic, like just beautiful show, watch queen sugar. It's great. And then finally, I mean, this is done now. Or is it done? Yeah, it's done now. Is yeah, yes, watching, right, yeah. yeah, we've been watching Wimbledon. Um, I don't even and like. This has love. been such a wild season yeah. two of Wimbledon. Yeah, the one match I did watch was Joker, like from start to finish, because like I'll just like mm-hmm. dip in and out, you know. But the one I did watch it was um, Djokovic versus I think his name he's Italian, but I think his last name is like Sinair, but it looks like mm-hmm. Sinner. But I think it's Sinair, and their match. I mean, like that was a really good match. Like I'm not one for replays, but I almost like want to rewatch it. It was really That's good. Cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, I don't know what it is about Wimbledon. There's something like magical about Wimbledon where you're like, you have to watch, you just have to watch it. It seems so great. Um, so yeah, that's really, I mean, considering how busy I've been, I feel like I've actually watched a lot of TV. <laughs> so you needed to have some decompression time a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's move in to books. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. So I only, I can go first because I only yeah. have one book that I really wanted to talk about right now because I have, I've just been watching a lot of TV and reading a lot of articles. Um, but the one I have really been enjoying and have been listening to because it's very long um, is called Meet Me in the Bathroom by Lizzie Goodman. Um, this is a book about the ninth, the like late to late, late uh, 1990s, early aughts, New York music scene. Oh, cool. So it's got like interviews with the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, interview with Interpool, um, James Murphy from LCD Sound System. So like, I got really, I'm, I'm always really into music, but like, I was really into like 90s um, nostalgia later back in like May and June. And so I'm still like 
deep into this book. And it's just got such cool interviews from people of that time period, but it's not fiction. Um, it's not fiction, but there is a documentary that'll be out later this year oh, that goes, cool. with, that goes along with it as well. Yeah. I mean, that is like our time, Gwen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like every time someone comes on, like they'll interview the strokes and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to check that out. Okay. So yeah. Considering, like I said, I've been very busy, but so I haven't read as much as I usually do, but I've also been doing a lot of rereading because mm-hmm. I've been so busy. So I feel like I've just been turning to like old comfort books, but um, a new book, um, I'm going to do that annoying thing where I talk about books that are out yet. I'm sorry, but it's happening. Okay. Uh, but anyway, Fake It Till You Bake It by Jamie Wesley. That just, that oh. came out at the end of June. It's so cute. I feel like I may have mentioned this before, but I want to mention it again because it was just an absolute delightful novel. It's about a guy who plays for a fictional NFL, like a San Diego, a fictional San Diego NFL team. But in his, all of his spare time, he opens a cupcake bakery with two of his teammates. It's like, love yeah, it. sure, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the cupcake bakery has like kind of it, it, you know, it did well when it first opened, but it's been a few months. It's kind of stagnant. Like they're kind of just breaking even. And he's like trying to figure out a way to make things better. Meanwhile, um, there's a woman who was on a like bachelor type show and she makes it to the end and she says no to the bachelor's proposal. And so everyone in America hates her because he was perfect. And the whole show, like she made it out, like she was like gung ho for this. And then mm-hmm. she's, she can't go anywhere. So her friend like brings her as like, no, let's, let's go to this cupcake shop. They have the best cupcakes. Like let's go. And so she goes and she's just like, well, it's fine. Like it's nothing special or whatever. And and he's there, the NFL player is there and he's like, well, what do you mean? Like, what's your favorite kind? And he like tries to get her to admit that they're really good, but she never does. And she's like walking in, she walks in with stilettos, her hair is blown out. Like, so he immediately thinks like, oh, this lady. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and then on the flip side, the owner of the NFL team is like, Hey, like I have my, my wayward granddaughter needs a job and she, so she can like prove to herself, you know, to prove to all of us that she can actually keep a job. And so he's like, fine. Yeah, she can come work. He's expecting like mm-hmm. some young nobody. And it's that woman. It's the, it's the woman from the bachelor show. And so they have to work together and through romance reasons, they get like <laughs> photographed kind of in like an embrace and everyone's like, Oh, is this who you left for the doctor on the bachelor show? And she just says yes. And so they start uh-huh. thinking but people start liking her because she's dating the guy and working at his cupcake bakery and the cupcake bakery sales go through the roof because everyone wants to see them. So it's like, it's a fake dating, almost enemies to lovers. Not really. It's like kind of just misunderstood. They both just have make these assumptions, super fun, really quick. I loved it. Um, Love it. Next, I'm going to, I just, I'm like halfway through Heartbreaker by Sarah McLean. This is the second book in her Hell's Bells series which is about like a Victorian girl gang that go around like kind of making, ruining the lives of terrible aristocracy members. And it's about Adelaide who is a thief. Like she was kind of brought up, she was brought up like kind of in the gutter, but she's a pickpocket. Like that is what she's known for through in that world. And then she kind of gets out of it, moves into kind of this, into hell's bells, into their girl gang. And, and she is set up again or with um, the Duke of Claiborne and he kind of has these secrets and family stuff. And yeah, it's really, really fun. Like if you like Sarah McLean, you'll love this book. And then 
the furthest out book I'm going to talk. Oh, so Heartbreaker comes out in August. I'm going to talk about a book that comes out in October. I'm really sorry. Um, (laughs) But it's by Celeste Ng. It's like my most anticipated book of the year. It's called Our Missing Hearts. It takes place in the near future. And you can tell that there has been some kind of a cultural shift that has happened. And it has it has targeted people of color, but it has really targeted like people of Asian descent. And um, this boy um, is trying to find his, his mother has like kind of left their family and he has been trying to find, he doesn't really understand. He's, I think he's about 12 and he is trying to find her. And he finds this book of, or a, a letter of, and it's like the text of a fairy tale that his mom used to tell him. And that leads him to the library. And of course, of course, librarians are kind of leading the resistance and of course. like perfect. And, and yeah, and so it, it like, it has a bit of a, it's very different from the Celeste Ng books that have come out. Like it's completely a new direction for her. Cool. And it was really intriguing. It's very quiet. Um, mm-hmm. it went in like a very different way than I thought it was. And it was, but it was one of those books where I finished it. And quite honestly, I was like, did I like this book? Oh, but yeah. And I kept thinking about it. And I was mm-hmm. like, that was really interesting. And this is really interesting. So it's definitely, it's a book that I think a lot of people are going to talk about. And honestly, I think it's a book that a lot of people are just, most of what people will say is that it's not as good as the first two. And sure. I don't agree with that. I just think it's, it's totally different. different. And now as, as an author, I, I can, I understand like the pull to do something totally new. I'm really, I think there are probably going to be a lot of great, like think pieces about it, which I'm looking forward to reading. Um, Sweet. And then yeah, rereads. I reread all of the Reluctant Royal series by Alyssa Cole because I was a guest on a podcast called The Torn Bodice Book Report. And in fact, it just went up like last week. And we talked about A Duke by Default, which is the second book. And I was like, well, maybe I should read all of them. And Why so not? I, yeah, mm-hmm. it was great. Um, there are such amazing, lovely contemporary romances. Um, and then I reread all of Laura Olympus on Webtoons because why not? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Man, we've had so much good reading done this month. Yeah. That's good. Cool. Oh, great. Well, let's jump into what we've been listening to. Um, I always love this because it's a little bit of everything. Um, so yeah, Danielle, I'll go, I'll let you take a break because, uh, okay. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to throw this right back at you. I'll, I'll take a break. Um, so for me, I've just been read. Uh, there was a brand new season of You Must Remember This that just finished, which is a podcast about classic Hollywood. They did it. This past season was all about 80s erotic cinema. And then later this fall, they're going to be back with a season about 90s erotic cinema. Fine. So that will yeah. be super fun. Um, I, I just love that podcast. I've been listening to it. I cannot believe that it's been on around for like seven years, but I've been yeah. listening to it for that long. That's wild. Um, I also discovered a new newish band to me called Wet Leg. They're a British female woman, two two person woman band. Um, And they have a song called Shay's Lounge, which is just very fun and like poppy. But their debut album is, again, it's like a tight 35 minutes in and out really quickly. Beautiful, quick, quick, quick. Um, But it's got like good combinations of like girl riot music and um, also just like traditional rock. And I just, I'm really liking it a lot. Um, Willow, who is also known as Willow Smith is uh, Will Smith's daughter. She has some new songs out that are just fantastic. And you can find her on any of your streamers, but I really, really enjoy Willow a lot. Um, Also there's a new Beyonce song that just came out. That was so good. Can't wait for that new album. Um, 
um, been listening to Bob Moses, which is a band with, I always love bands with people names, but they are a band, not just a guy. (laughs) Um, And they're like a little bit of like rock electronica, poppy sort of, I don't want to say like Imagine Dragons because I don't like them, but like in that same (laughs) sort of like metallic music sounding. Um, And then for two other podcast recommendations, there's a brand new season of Spectacle Podcast, um, which the first season was about reality television. The third, second season was about Las Vegas. And this current season is about um, making true crimes. And so this podcast is all about like the spectacle behind something. So they kind of go into the behind the scenes of like what it, why people care about true crime and, and the different sort of uh, popular true crime stories. And then also how that has effects on the victims. So it's mm-hmm. a very cool story, a cool show. And then finally there's um, this past month or so, the podcast you're wrong about did a three-part series on this, the book, Go Ask Alice, which yeah. I actually, did you have a chance to read that as a kid? Did you read Go Ask Alice? I, think I read it in high school. I don't think it was for school, I think, or maybe yeah, it was like just a summer reading book or something. I think it was like a summer reading book yeah. for us too. Yeah. Um, and I barely remember right. reading it. Um, but I didn't realize that it had like, it was like a hoax. Like this woman yeah. didn't, I, I had no idea about that. So it was so cool to hear these two people talk about it. And then on the third episode, they actually brought in an author who just published a book about the hoax um, involved with the author Beatrice. And um, cause she, after the popularity of Go Ask Alice, she then released like found six or seven other diaries of other people, right. um, of other teenagers. And so was able to put those out. Um, but yeah, it was really very interesting. I love that podcast anyway, cause it's uh-huh. just all about sort of dismantling the myths of what you think. Um, right. Yeah. That's very so interesting. I love mm-hmm. it. Ooh, that's good. Okay. For me, for music, I've basically just been listening to Harry's house on repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been like, I remember when it first came out and so many people were like, it's not great. Like, what is he trying to say? And I was like, I don't think he's trying to say anything. I think it's just like a vibe. Yes. And it's such a good vibe. Like, let him have his vibe. Let um, him have his vibe. Let us, let us have his vibe. Right. It's like perfect summer, summer music. Um, yeah. And so then for podcasts, I mean, I listen, you know, I listened to, you know, like Forever 35 and Faded Mates and blah, blah, blah. But the latest season of Newcomers, which I know I've talked about, um, mm-hmm. is by um, comedians Lauren Lapkus and Nicole Byer. But they finally, I think ever since they their first season, people have been asking them to do the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so they finally did it. Um, in fact, I think that I think there are only like two episodes left, but they watched oh, wow. 20 different, they didn't watch all of them. They just had 20 episodes. So, but they watched, they watched a lot of movies and it, like, it almost made me want to go back and like watch some of the Marvel movies, but then I'm like, no, I I'm good. Um, <laughs> Every um, time a new one comes out, I have that same thought. I'm like, maybe I'll rewatch them. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. No. Um, and so, so, but yeah, it's been really, 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 you know, they're funny all the time, but just mm-hmm. listening to them talk about, you know, the Mar and how unwieldy the Marvel cinema. I mean, that's really what it is. The latest, especially these later movies, they're just like, they just assume you have seen every single every- one. 
some of that, especially the big ensemble cast ones, you know, they're just like, if, if you haven't seen all of them, then yeah, you don't understand what's going on. Um, and then another podcast that I've been listening to is called Wait, Is This a Date? Um, with Drew Gregory and Christina Tucker. Um, cool. It's about, they're, they're both queer. Drew is a trans woman and Christina is a lesbian. And they just talk about like dating in the modern yes. age, queer people. It's so interesting. It's really cool. Um, they had had a pretty long hiatus between their first and second season, but they're like pretty quick episodes. They're usually like 30 to 40 minutes. And it's just, it's like, it, they're just, they're so funny and they're, you can tell that they're having fun doing it and they bring on really interesting guests and, and people who are just like in, in the world, you know, living their lives. It's great. It's really fun. But yeah, it's, you know, wait, is this a date? You know, it's like, they say, you know, it's like when you're on a date with someone, even though they just start out as hanging out and then it turns into something else and you have to ask that question and, you know, and the answer can make things go different ways. So, so yeah, as someone who doesn't date anymore, it's mm-hmm. interesting. I always love, I love any sort of dating content whatsoever. Yeah. 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 Learned so much about people. That's awesome. Cool. Well, we're going to take a little break and then we're interviewing someone named Danielle Jackson. (laughs) All right. And we're back. So I'm so excited because since the inception of this podcast and when Danielle announced that she was going to uh, be adding a new uh, multi-hyphenate to her name and adding author to it, I was thrilled to have the chance to chat with her about this debut book. And we're going to make this a habit probably for all the books. Sorry, Danielle, Um, you know, just to keep you, keep that seat warm, but um, let's jump right into the accidental pinup, your debut novel. I'm so excited to talk about it, but let's talk about the origin story. I know you've mentioned before on the show that you wrote the first draft during uh, NaNoWriMo month, but I'm sure Cassie and uh, Reed have been living with you for longer than that. How did Reed and Cassie come to you? That's an excellent question. I don't know if I have an answer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I wrote the bulk of this book during National Novel Writing Month in that November of 2019. Yes. And then kind of finished it that following December, January. Um, So right before the pandemic started, that's wild. Um, But Mm yeah, I'm trying to think, like the character of Cassie has always, and her name for a while, her name was Olivia. For a while, wow. her name was Camilla, which I was like, what? Oh. Um, yeah, right? And then and then I settled on Cassie because I wanted, well, I'll, I'll get to that. The idea of a plus-size Black woman who was already comfortable mm-hmm. and like thought she was amazing and beautiful and talented and accomplished and all that. I wanted, it was like, I wanted her to just be that way. And that was just yeah. it. It wasn't like she had to work up to that point. Like that was just how she was going to exist. But then I also knew for the sake of conflict in a story, I was like, what would make her tick? And, and that was kind of, that was like what I was like working with. And then I decided I've always loved photography. I was like the photo editor of my high school yearbook. I was the photo nerd. Like I was like the senior photo student who was like mixing all the chemicals for the lower Mm -hmm. photo classes. Like that was who I was in high school. And I was like, oh, hey, she can be a photographer. And then I was like, oh, that's perfect. She has to, I was like, well, she has to be a model yeah, because she doesn't want to be in front of the camera. And then I was like, and she's going to be in lingerie (laughs) because 
that's terrifying. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and so that's really kind of, I don't, it wasn't like that seamless, but it was like, that was kind of the, the thought process that probably took me many months to get to read. It was similar for Reed too, because I wanted him, I'm trying to remember what his name started. It was not Reed. I don't, he may have been just him or he. Yeah. For until he got a name. Until he was just Reed. I wanted Reed to be a, a worthy opponent, if you will, because they're really not like enemies to lovers. They're like barely rivals to lovers. Right. That's yeah. what we've been calling it, but they they like each other pretty quick. But I needed him to be like at at her level or higher, which is really what ended up happening is he's like this very accomplished photographer who gets all the jobs because everyone just knows who he is instead of Cassie in kind of the Chicago arts and photography scene. But then he... I want, it was like, it was a very conscious choice that Cassie was going to be the one who had the parents who supported her, even though they were worried about it the whole time. And the friend group that was like always there. And then Reed was really going to have, have kind of this, not quite tragic, but kind of tragic backstory, but he was still going to be the successful one because he's, he's a white guy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and that's really what it, it, that's really, that's kind of the big, I think the biggest conflict even though they like each other. And even though that is what it is, it's kind of, that's like even external mm-hmm. is like, oh, well, he's the guy we know. And that's who we always go with. Like we yeah. don't know this new person because you've never given her a chance, you know, like that. And that was, that was all very conscious. Yeah. And so that's kind of how they came. And then, you know, and then it was, it was kind of easy to like populate the world around them that way. Yeah. They have like these clear tracks for both of them. I love that you pointed that out about Reed kind of the fact that I think he's also very aware of the fact that he just gets things because he's known by people or because doors have opened for him or it's because he's the safe choice or the comfortable choice. And I I love the moments where he, there's like early moments, especially where he's like almost ready to give things to Cassie because he wants to give her that chance. And I thought that was so interesting because somebody like a Reed because they are so sex- successful, probably wouldn't be so op- so willing to do that for yeah. somebody else. But there's something about her that he's like, I want to help her out. Yeah, that was really important too. Like I didn't want him to also just dismiss her like she yeah. other people had, or like literally the other people, like the people at the lingerie company pulling all, or calling all the shots kind of just immediately dismiss her even though they kind of they see the potential or whatever but then they're like oh wait you can just be the model this is fine but yeah Reed almost immediately is like what are they so worried about like they're Cassie and her entire team of people are all amazing like I'm just gonna keep working with them but yeah and it was I think one thing too about Reed is that he he kind he does realize that he just like gets things and it happens or whatever but he hasn't had to he hasn't had like concrete evidence that it's to someone else's detriment. Yeah, fair. And so, and I think that that's also like kind of changes his thinking about mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. way in the world, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Speaking of, you know, Reed having to take on the, the role of being the photographer over Cassie, um, I love the intimacy of somebody photograph- photographing somebody else and like the res- this responsibility those two have with each other and also just like being vulnerable. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about what Reed sees when he photographs Cassie and what does she discover about herself in those moments? Oh my gosh, this is such a good question, Gwen. It's like, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I hope it's really obvious that when he photographs Cassie, like his jaw drops and he's just like completely awestruck because he does he spends most of his time photographing really hot people in yeah. no clothing 
And so he can kind of compartmentalize it, you know, cause he's like, oh, I want to get the shot. I need to make sure the clothes look good or the lingerie looks good. And, you know, so that the, you know, the client is happy. And he, I think, I think he gets, you know, he, I mean, I think in that, that scene, their first scene where Cassie is like wearing the lingerie, he like, it like cuts to him almost dropping his camera. Mm-hmm. Like that's where the scene ends. And, and I just, and I remember both, I remember my agent reading it and then my editor reading it and they both were like, this is the best, like it's the exact reaction. And yeah, so I think it's, it's one of those things where he was like, oh no, like I can be professional, but it's also like, do I want to be professional right yes. now? Here's this hot lady who- Which is I, so funny because Cassie's yeah. like, I am, she prides herself on being yeah. professional, yes. you know? Yeah. So then they both kind of have to grapple with it. And I think, I like that you talked about the intimacy because between like a photographer and the people that they're photographing. So like with Reed, it's mostly professionals and then like professional people like models or, you know, he like had done like a mayoral campaign or whatever, or photographic campaign. But with Cassie, she really does work with regular people. Like that is Mm -hmm. her bread and butter with the boudoir and pinup photography studio. And so she, she understands like that intimacy that has to be established immediately because these people are about to take off all their clothes and she's going to be, she's going to be fully clothed taking pictures of them. So when it's the flip side, she does have to kind of let go of a little bit of control because one, she really doesn't know what she's doing. Like her best friend can tell her what to do as much as she wants, but it's like, until you do it, you don't know what's happening. She knows that she needs him. And she also knows that he is good at his job. Like she, she says a lot of times, like his style is not my style, but he gets the shot. You know, he does have a perspective. And so I think when she finally sees the fruits of the labor, you know, of the photographs and she sees, oh wait, like I actually look really good. Like I look like Mm -hmm. a model and it's because he was there also coaching her through all of that. And so that's, I think that's why they, they do bond as quickly as they do. Like, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to say I haven't looked at like the negative reviews that have posted. I've looked at a few. I don't, I haven't spent a ton of time, but then that's one of the, the criticisms has been, well, they, they meet like two times and they like each other. And I was like, well, yeah, that's but normal. they're right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then also they really do. They both have to trust each other even though Reed is keeping secrets from her, mm-hmm. which is what it is. Uh, it's yeah. happened in the story. Romance reasons. Uh, you always yeah, got to have romance them. reasons. But yeah, she, I mean, she has to let her guard down and she has to trust him in a way that she hasn't, she doesn't know because she's in, she's used to being the person being trusted because she's usually the photographer. Well, and now I want to dig into family. Yeah. Well, like I said earlier, I mean, I really wanted it to like Cassie had like the full family support. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, want her in addition to just being a black woman working in any field you know having to prove herself I also didn't want her to have like a terrible family yeah. she had to come home and prove herself to her family yeah. also so yeah. That, yeah like I said that was a conscious decision and then yeah Reed was really he was like I mean I know people like this I think we all know people like this who have had like these kind of terrible upbringings, but then they rise above it, you know, and you're just like, oh my God, that's really cool that, you know, they, you got through this and like, you're Mm -hmm. successful. But then with Reed, it was like, well, he, yeah, he did. But then he also kind of 
in addition to getting himself out of the situation, he also left his brother behind. Yes. And, and it is one of those things, you know, he's used to hearing from his brother every so often. He mostly just wants money. But this time he's like, no, like I'm kind of in too deep. Like I really don't know what else to do. And and Russ being Russ, who is like very happy-go-lucky. He's a little bit of a golden retriever. Ask sure. mom and dad. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask dad for help. And of course the dad is like, okay, cool. Um, here, here, take on a mortgage or whatever, you know, and, mm-hmm. and like a house that he didn't even want. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, there's a lot going on there. And it was interesting to explore that relationship in the way that like, that wasn't going to be like super hard. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like Reese, like or Reese, Russ shows up and he kind of is just, he's there, but he's in the background for most yeah. of the until almost the very end. And then, and, and I don't know what it, it's something about, I guess, maybe him being in their childhood home or something where, where Reed is kind of like, oh wait, like what is happening here? Like, what are you doing? Like also, and then he, you know, he does spend more than like a phone call with him and he's kind of like, you know, like you mean, well, (laughs) you just need some direction. Maybe I can actually help you. And then, yeah, it's like them actually physically being in the same space, like makes them like pay attention and be like, oh wait, you're, you're a nice person. Like, let's see what can happen. So, so yeah. And that, and then also with Cassie, you know, Cassie is a, she's an only child and her parents are like busy, like real estate moguls basically. And so she does, she has a found family. She has her best friend from middle school, Dana, and then the two people, and they all work at Buxom Boudoir, the photography studio and Kit and Sam are just, you know, they were really fun additions as well. And they, and they, they all, yeah, they all love each other and, and hang out and are just like, they, they're very much based on like many different people in my like friends in my life. And so um, yeah, I wanted that to be like on screen. So, or on page, I guess, on screen. <laughs> yeah. Eventually put it out there. That's- right. <laughs> Hopefully. Exactly. Manifesting it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and that's a great transition. Cause I also, I just love, I love anything with friendships in it, like yeah. any sort of thing when you have close female friends, especially mm-hmm. and they're not trying to compete with each other and they're just like trying to build each other up. And, you know, with Dana and Cassie, I love the way that you have had them be friends since elementary school. Also, how does Reed relate to friends versus like how Cassie yeah. relates to friends? Yeah. You know, okay. So I remember, I can't remember where I read this or who said it. I feel like it was on a podcast, but I can't remember which one. It was like a romance or a writing podcast, but someone was like, yeah, you know, it's like, it's problematic when someone doesn't have friends. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, Reed doesn't have any friends. (laughs) (laughs) What? He needs a friend. So he does have like this one friend, but he's a friend that he made in college. Like it wasn't even from like, high school or anything. Cause I think for so long, Reed really had like, okay, I just need to get through school and get out of here. Like I need to turn 18. I need to leave. And so it isn't until he is older that he's like, oh, maybe I should, you know, I can make these connections. I can like meet people. Everyone's not out to get me or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, whatever warped sense of whatever he had. Um, but yeah, so then his friend, James, who he meets in college, they just like immediately, they just are kind of like, yeah, you're cool. Like they're both relatively low key. Although James is pretty high maintenance. He is. But yeah, you know, I mean, he owns, a, he owns the restaurant, like in the heart of River North, where like everybody goes, like it's a destination that people want to go to. Really? That's an interesting question. I don't know what else to say about Reed and his friends. Cause I think I, well, like I said, I think it was just like, 
it was something that he just did not, he probably didn't have the time to even think Mm -hmm. about, you know, like he was just like out of school. I'm sure he had jobs when he was in high school or whatever. And then when he figures out he likes photography, so that's going to be his path and, and he just like sticks to it. So I think that's, that's about it. Yeah. I knew definitely. I was like, no, he needs at least one friend. He feels chewed up and spit out by the world. Even if it's not necessarily true, it's like he has been. And so it's hard to trust people in that situation. And I will say he is a little surprised that like Kit and Sam are like, even though Sam isn't nice to anyone, but Kit and Sam are like (laughs) nice to him. Like Mm -hmm. they're just like, oh yeah, like, okay, cool. Like we're going to do this. And, and it's more like, they were just like, well, they need to support Cassie and Cassie has to work with him. So they're like, all right, cool. Now, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. he is a little bit like, oh, okay. I guess you're, I'm friends with you too, you know? And so, um, (laughs) I love that. I love that fish out of water sort of situation. Like, wait, what? Okay. (laughs) It's so cute. It's very charming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you know, we talked a little bit about Chicago when we were discussing mm-hmm. the bear earlier in the episode. Um, and you know, being from Chicago and having the book set in Chicago, Chicago is clearly a character in this book. And I, I am a sucker for that. I love it. I love when the city is a character, quote unquote. Yeah. What was it? What was important for you to show your readers about your Chicago? Yeah, I mean, I didn't want them to go to, you know, Wrigleyville. (laughs) Yeah. I love the discussion. They were not going to go see the Cubs (laughs) play. Like that's not this book. I wanted to show like the side of Chicago that I think people don't know about, you know, I mean, I think people, people, you hear, you hear Wrigleyville or you hear Wicker Park or you hear about Andersonville, you hear about all the different neighborhoods. And what's great about every Chicago neighborhood is they in themselves feel like a small town almost because mm. you see the same people. Like if you walk a certain way to work or to the, to the L or whatever, you see those same people or you go to the same shop or you go at the same time every weekend to the same restaurant, you know, like there are things like that that happen. And I really wanted that to be there. Um, but yeah, I thought I was like, well, I want to in, like include some of my favorite places, you know, like the Rookery building is a Frank Lloyd Wright building that looks, I mean, it's big and imposing, but it kind of looks very unassuming outside. But then when you go inside, like there are all these staircases, it's wild, it's it's insane, it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> but then like also like, you know, they're at Humboldt Park, there literally are these pergolas that are just really cool and they cast these amazing shadows. And like, I was like, they're gonna have a photo shoot there. Like, that's really gonna be great. And then, yeah, just like, I wanted to include stuff, even just like the mar- like the idea of just like going to the market. Like there are a couple, like I, that is one thing I probably will get in trouble for with native Chicagoans because where I have them go to a Mariano's is not where Mariano's is, but there is another market there. But I was like, no, that's the market where they're going to go get lunch. Like that's what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it is fiction. So I fibbed with the boundaries of river North a bit, but yeah, you know, I just, Chicago is such a special city. You know, my, my dad grew up right, like right next to Chicago. And then my grandma lived in Hyde park. Like we could walk to the museum of science and industry. We could see it like down the street from her high rise. Chicago is also like the city where my husband and I, like he lived in Wicker Park when we started dating, you know? And so it's like the idea of just picking a neighborhood and wandering through it for hours. Like that is something we used to do, you know? So it was just, it was easy. It was easy to like showcase like so many of the things that I love about the city and that I think a lot of people don't know about, but Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And then, but then you, you, then I've, I've heard from people who are like, oh yeah, like I know like river North, blah, blah, blah. Like, or I lived there for a while and it, you know, and I was like, oh, don't, don't tell me what's wrong with this book then I made it all up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really special. And I'm really glad that people are noticing that because that was, that was very conscious. Our time is almost up, Danielle. We've almost ran out of questions. Um, but you know, if readers have enjoyed the accidental pinup, I'm sure they're ready for the next book. What can readers expect from you next? Okay. Next book, book two is done. Kind of. Yay. I just got like final revisions back from my editor and I'm not, I'm not even, I haven't even looked at it. I'm not going to look at it until after, after this first book comes out, to be quite mm-hmm. honest. Good, um, good. Good choice. But yeah, it's coming out next summer. I don't have a date. I, th- I think I know when it is like, they've kind of told me, but it's not, it's not set in stone. Um, so, but it'll be next summer. Um, it is about, I, I think I set this up pretty obviously, but it is, it is Reed's brother, Russ and Cassie's friend, Sam. Um, they immediately are like oil and water mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Russ is immediately like, totally gone for Sam from the start. And Sam is like, what is with this I'm going to, I'm so excited to watch (laughs) Sam like thaw out a little bit. It's going to be so fun. It was, it was really fun. It's, it's like the grumpiest grumpy and sunshiniest sunshine. Um, and she is the grump and he is the sunshine, which is like my favorite setup. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It, it deals with kind of the Chicago street festival circuit. It's like, it takes place over an entire summer. At the end of the, this book, um, he's kind of working at his Reed's friend, James's um, restaurant. And so they get a food truck and that's cool. And then Bucks and Boudoir kind of, they, they were like, how can we take advantage of the street festival? The Chicago street festival circuit, first of all, is mm-hmm. expansive there is something literally every weekend of the summer, wow. you know, it's like big stuff from like the taste of Chicago and Lollapalooza to like little, like literally just a block. And it's like a band or two and a couple mm-hmm. of trucks and that's it. And then it runs the gamut. Um, and so, yeah. And so they, but, so they decide they, they take an old vintage like Greyhound bus and they make it into a photo booth bus. Yes. They, they take it to all of the festivals. So of course they're, of course they're always at every festival together, mm-hmm. like right across from each other. So, <laughs> uh, somehow that just works out. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And the thing though, the funniest thing about their book is that they are so young that I was like, why am I spending time with these like 24 year olds? Right. These guys are annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of look like four revisions in. Yes. They're very annoying. However, <laughs> I do. They're I lovable. Yeah, I really love their story and I hope I'm excited for everyone to read it. Ah, oh, cool. Alrighty. Well, um, readers and listeners, you guys can get the accidental pinup anywhere books are sold or downloadable. Um, you can also support your local library doing word of mouth for these books. We always appreciate our authors and Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today. I do want to say if anyone, even if you don't pre-order it, but if you order the book from Anderson's bookshop or love sweet arrow. I will go to, well, I mean, Anderson's I'm there multiple times a week, but I will also go to love sweet arrow and I will personalize and sign copies from those two stores. So if anyone orders it and you just, when you check out in the comments, you just say you want it personalized and I will do that. Excellent. We'll make sure that we put that in the uh, show notes so that you guys can just click and easily buy this new book. We're so excited. All right. Thanks, Danielle. We will be right back. All right. We're back. Um, that was such an interesting interview. 
Man, that, that Danielle Jackson. She's she cool. is. She's going places. She's going places. No, we have her back. That was really nice. That was fun. Yeah. Um, easy to interview so far. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's talk about some goals. It's funny because we made these goals and you can tell that we didn't think we were taking a break, but then we did. So yeah. <laughs> Um, my goal from last time was to spend time outside every day. And I'm going to say not really because (laughs) I've been so busy. So Mm -hmm. I've had to just kind of sit in this office or just go to the bookstore and get stuff done or, you know, do laundry. There's so much laundry in summer. Yes. You never get done with laundry, which is funny because it's less clothing. Right. Shorter pants, shorter shirts. But I think you change more because you get sunny. Mm. Like I feel like we go outside to like a barbecue, then I I come home and immediately change. Yeah. Yeah. I've already been in two different shirts today and it's only 930 this time. (laughs) That's that's impressive, Gwen. Um (laughs) very hot last night. I had a margarita. Okay. I'm sweating it out. Fabulous. Love it. Um, I will say though, I think I'm gonna make up for it in Florida because everything is outside. Yeah. So hopefully, all right. You, you have your what? sunscreen ready to go. Keep your oh gosh, so much sunscreen. Yeah. Um, okay, Gwen, how about you? So my last goal was to uh, cook for myself while Cliff was out of town. I did. So he was out of town for like two and a half weeks ish. I did cook yeah. for the second half of his nice. trip out because I had bought a whole bunch of vegetables and then realized I needed to cook them before he got home. Yeah. So I did that. And then our refrigerator died and I lost like all the remaining produce and stuff oh. that was in there. <laughs> oh, we've, we're, yeah. So now it's like pizza. Darn. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's, it's fixed now. We're getting, we'll be getting a new fridge in a few weeks, but uh, yeah, the uh, not having a fridge was hard. Yeah. That's wild. What's your new goal? My new goal, speaking of uh, the new puppy that you guys got a chance to hear the cameo appearance of, um, I'm going to be potty training Aria because I have never really had to potty train a dog on a leash before. And so this is all brand new. Usually we've just had like a backyard. You could just like pop them outside, but now we live in a high rise. So we have to take her and run outside. Mm-hmm. So that is the goal is to get her to pee on a leash. Ronan, Fingers crossed. How's Ronan doing? He's good. He's loving having his little sister. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, yeah, good. he really, really likes her. Yeah. Oh, that's but, awesome. Yeah. What about you? What is your goal for this week? Uh, my goal is to attempt to enjoy this vacation. No, I'm going to, it's going to be fun. I mean, you know, it's like, I think whenever, you know, I'm going to Disney World is such a high stress situation. It is though. I mean, come on. But I know like Ivy is like going to lose her mind. Oh, she's got so much fun. We're going to walk in and she's just, she'll probably start crying. She'll be so overwhelmed. Um, I know it's like, so excited. I want her to cry. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. And then, you know, the rest of it, I mean, and then always, you know, I mean, there's always stuff with family, but it's going to be really great to just have everyone all together. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we have, you know, we have lost some family members since the last family reunion, which was about six years ago. So, you know, it'll be, it's going to be really special to just have everybody all together. So that's yeah. going to be great. Um, but then also we are, the way this is timing out, Gwen, I love that this is happening, but our next podcast recording will be like at the end of my launch week. So mm-hmm. I, I want so this, I'll really be able to, I'll give, be able to give good updates for both of these, I hope. But I also want to, like I've been saying this whole time, enjoy the book launch week. I don't want to just get bogged down in 
you know, like, like I just said in that interview, checking, checking reviews. I really, I really don't actually check them anymore because I did see some criticism. So I was like, you know what? I don't need to know, but I do, I do like kind of obsessively check my Goodreads like star rating, which I'm, it is what it is. It just has to happen. Something has to happen. So, so I just have to look at something, but yeah, like I said, I just, I want to enjoy it all. I want to have fun. And, you know, even though I do have a ton of things to do, they're really, I'm really excited to talk with like so many of the people that are coming, you know, like the boozy book broads that on the 22nd, it's going to be so much fun. July 22nd, it's going to be so much fun. Somehow we convinced uh, very mega best-selling authors, Pippa Grant and Allie Hazelwood to come on the yeah. boozy book It was one of those things where like, we were like, planning, like, I was like, well, I was like, I, I don't want to say I know Allie, but like, we're both Berkeley authors. We've interacted. I was like, I can mm-hmm. ask. And she was just like, oh my gosh, yes. And I was like, wait. And then Angelina has a connection to Pippa. And so we were just like, okay, this is happening. This is like, this is it. So that's it's it. Oh, it's going to be really fun. That's gonna be I fun. Know. I'm going to stop. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be great. Okay. What is bringing you comfort this week, Gwen? All right. So bringing me comfort this week is, um, honestly, it's La Cologne coffee. Oh. I, yeah, I have just, I went to Costco, got new cans of it love my triple draft. Cause it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's too hot to be drinking hot drinks all the time, even though I do love a good hot drink in the middle of the summertime, but they come in like such a diverse variety of flavors and you can get like oat milk ones too. So if you have like an upset tummy or a little sensitive tummy, you don't have to have dairy. You can have a little oat milk. So I am loving my La Cologne canned 100 calorie Sex. That's amazing. Um, I have to say, I have a friend at the bookshop who I like walked in one day with like seriously like an extra large like Duncan mm-hmm. iced coffee. You know, oh, I miss Duncan. I so good, right? And she was just like, "Huh, I am just I don't drink iced coffee." And I was like, "Lori, it's too hot." It was it was like that week too where it was like a hundred plus degrees. Yeah. In I was like, Lori, you can't, no, no, you need a, you need an iced coffee. And so then the next day she's like, oh my, she's like, I got an iced coffee. And she's like, this is a game changer. I was like, I know, I don't know what you've been doing for How cute. Your, your life. <laughs> like you're an adult, like just drink an iced coffee. No, Lori's the absolute best. And, um, and, and she's just like, I've never thought about it, you know, just never. I think, so. I think that's just kind of what it was. So I'm, I'm glad I was glad to be of service. That's awesome. You did, you did the Lord's work that day. Yes. Okay. My comfort this week, there are two, mm-hmm. again, this is what I know I've talked about. Um, but the men and Jerry, Stephen Colbert's American dream ice cream. Delicious. Um, in fact, I was like, oh, I still have some left. I need to eat this. So it doesn't go bad while we're gone. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to go have a little, little snack. Uh, and, uh, and then, okay. For the longest time, I have been like a rollerball, like a uniball, you know, mm-hmm. user, mm-hmm. you know, with the little, I don't even know. Yeah. Uniball, rollerball. I, for some reason, I was like, not, I was like, I don't know if I like this pen anymore. I don't know why. Uh-huh. You know, happens. It, it just happens. So it I just drags like, wrong one day and you're just like, yeah. I'm and I was just like, maybe I want a ballpoint pen, which is weird mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. for some reason. But I went and I got another pilot. Like I'm pretty devoted to Pilot, the brand Pilot for pens. But they have these really cute little pens. Ooh. And they're fine point. Yes, it's very important. Seven, and it's an Acroball, and it is. It's a clicker pen. So I've been trying oh. not to do it. Too but 
it's great. I love it. It's yeah. The pilot Acroball fine point ballpoint pen. Perfect. I love it. I'm obsessed. Um, yes. I didn't know a pen. I mean, I did know, I did know that pens bring me joy and comfort, but really pens this bring me joy. has made me very happy. I've kind of been like, every time I go to like target, I just buy some, my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm slowly replacing all of the pens in our house. So mm-hmm. it is what That's it is. How they're, it yeah. they're not super pricey. I will link to them in show notes, but, uh, yeah, pens, pens, who knew, who knew that can make you so happy. It's so true though. Cause there's just something like I, I love a pen. I love handwriting everything still. I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. even with my coworkers, they're like here tippy tapping and I'm just like handwriting all the things. And yeah, there's just something special about the perfect pen. And then you're constantly chasing that high. Like there, there's a pen that I remember having like 10 years ago that I've never been able to replace. And I'm like, I want that Audi pen back. Why can't I have this pen? Like the perfect weight, the perfect flow. Yeah. Yeah. And no, and I think too, it's the fine point, like medium point. It's too much. Oh, yeah. Need that fine point. I really yeah. like the, um, by Pentel as I'm holding it myself, oh, yeah. their Energel liquid gel ink pen it has a needle tip and it's 0.7 as well. Oh, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, it comes in fun colors, but I just have it in blue. Yeah. The lawyers, like- the lawyers are very at the, at my law firm, the, uh, yeah. the lawyers are, take their pens very seriously. <laughs> that makes like sense. five different varieties of pens and they're all blue and black. So it's not like they're yeah. colorful or anything. <laughs> well, Gwen, this has been great. It has been really fun as always. The we best can't- time. I mean, we can take breaks, but I think we can't take that long of a break. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. We'll just do like a little fun filler episode and just be like, what are we watching today? <laughs> yeah. That's what we should do. We do like really actual mini episodes. Although we talk, we digress. We'll, It'll be we'll... a mini full length episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One with no breaks. We'll just go. No breaks. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everyone. As always, you can follow us on all the socials at Fresh Fiction and you can find me at Jackson books on Twitter and Instagram. Definitely follow me because that is where everything's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where can everyone find you? You can also follow me at Real Vixen on Instagram and as well as Twitter. Yeah. And then you can always email us directly at podcast at freshfiction.com. Please subscribe and follow, rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. 